Today's December 18th, 2020, and today we discuss Biden's tax plan. Welcome back, Split the Difference friends and Split the Difference family. This is another fantastic episode that we got rolling out for you here today. We got all the research. Today's episode is actually going to be a little bit different. This is kind of out by popular demand a little bit. I've had a couple of requests for uh, a little bit of an analysis on and just some more information around Biden's tax plan, especially now that he's going to be going into office and he claims he's going to be implementing it very, very soon once he enters office. So I figured I would go ahead, hop in and uh, do a little bit of research for you guys to help bring you guys all the wonderful insights that you guys need. Um, A little bit of info for you if you are new to the podcast. Welcome in. First of all, thank you for being here. Our goal for Split the Difference podcast is to be something that's a little bit more the middle of the aisle that finds that sweet truth that lies in between the left side and the right side. Oftentimes we hear that we're more divided than ever, and oftentimes we hear that there's no way to be able to find any middle ground, even though I feel like the vast majority of people really do sit in that middle ground. We look at the good, the bad, and the ugly on both sides of the aisle, and we do our best to have good civil discord, civil discourse, and actually bring a little bit of unity to the political conversation. So, if that is something that you are interested in, welcome in and please join us as we go to our actually only story of the day, Biden's tax plan. So there have been there's been a lot of talk about uh, in politics uh, in politics over the past couple months what it's going to look like uh, it once it, and now once Biden gets in but really if Biden were to win you know the presidential election so Biden won officially earlier this week from the Electoral College and now a lot of the things that he kind of campaigned on and things that were central to his focus in winning the election are going to start to come to fruition after January 20th of next year. Um, There's been a whole lot of mudslinging back and forth. There was a whole bunch of talk about uh, Biden dismantling a lot of Trump's tax policies that he set in place during the 2017 um, Tax Cut and Jobs Act. Uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of talk around, you know, what exactly is Biden going to do? I've heard everything from Biden is going to raise our taxes through the roof to uh, Trump did everything to disadvantage the poor people in the middle class, but Biden's going to come in and actually fix that. Uh and a lot of economic policy and tax policy really does affect us on a day-to-day basis a lot more than a lot of other things that the president actually, you know, the administ- presidential administration actually have their hands in, right? There are plenty of things that Donald Trump did that may have been a foreign policy objective or, you know, may have been more of a cultural thing that actually, you know, didn't really impact us very much on our day-to-day. Unfortunately, there seems to be much more focus on why either side of the aisle is wrong for their economic policy, as opposed to what each side is maybe thinking that could be actually beneficial to American people. And, you know, instead of doing all the mudslinging and instead of sitting down and trying to poke holes in every single little thing, it might be helpful to actually just sit down, look at the facts, look at what Joe Biden has actually put out and says will be in his tax plan, um, and kind of see how 
that will impact us, right? Who's it going to Who's it going to change things for in the United States? Um, what does his tax plan actually say? Oddly enough, the vast majority of the information that I was able to look up and research and find around Biden's tax policy didn't even come off of his website because he didn't really advertise it a ton, especially not during his campaign. Uh, the vast majority of the stuff that was put out was all put out through research papers. And so I had to kind of comb through a lot of different research that had been done a lot of different people kind of applying Biden's tax policy to the current economic landscape in the United States, which is rife with a whole bunch of different conflicts, especially with coronavirus, which um, we might touch on a little bit as well later on. But um, for the most part, it wasn't something that Biden campaigned heavily on. It was mainly Trump that campaigned against Biden, saying that Biden was going to ruin the economy that Donald Trump created. So we're going to kind of jump in and see if that actually is true, actually look at what Biden is putting forth and, you know, see what all that will mean for you and for me. So before we do that, let's hop in and take a quick look. Um, that's a bit of a breakdown done by CNBC on Biden's tax plan. Good morning, Becky. Well, Biden's plan would raise taxes by $4 trillion over a decade, with most of that paid by high earners and companies. That's according to a new study from the Tax Policy Center. Now, Biden would hike tax revenues by 8% in total. Every income group would see a tax increase. The middle class would see an increase of about 0.4%. But the top, they would see by far the biggest hike. The one percenters would see an average tax increase of about $300,000 a year and their tax rate would jump by 12% to 42%. Now, the top 0.1%, those are the people making more than $3.6 million a year, they would see their tax rate jump by 16% to 47%. Now, nearly three-quarters of the increase in taxes under his whole plan would be paid by the top 1%ers, and the bottom 90% of Americans, there would bear less than 7% of the total cost. Now, Biden's plan calls for rolling back the Trump tax cuts, bringing the corporate rate up to 28 percent from the current 21 percent. And he would tax capital gains the same as ordinary income for those who make more than one million dollars a year. That means the capital gains tax, which is the most important for investors, would go from 20 percent to 39.6 percent. And he would apply the payroll tax. All right. So that gives kind of a brief overview of kind of what Biden's tax plan will look like from a very 30,000 foot level. Um, so I guess first, before we jump into everything, I'll give you a little bit of an outline. The first thing that I'm going to look at is the taxes and changes to the current tax law that we have now. The second is where the money will go because taxes you know, have to go somewhere. It's the money that the federal government is bringing in. What will the spending look like under his economic plan? And then the third, who will be the most impacted? So uh, to start off, the taxes. So Biden has said many times that he wants to raise taxes, but only for specific people. His tax plan details the changing of a large amount of Donald Trump's current tax plan. Um, a lot of that having to do with high income earners. So as you heard in the video, his plan is to pretty much tax the, you always hear this, the 1%, right? And those are for the most part, people making over $400,000 a year. So he wants to raise the individual income, capital gains, and payroll taxes on people that earn more than four hundred grand a year. So this would include the highest income earners in the United States. The purpose behind this and the idea behind this is that those people make more money, so they should, quote, pay their fair share or they should pay more money because they make more money, right? 
This is what is called a progressive tax bracket. We already in the United States have one of the most progressive tax brackets in the world, believe it or not. Um, And the progressive tax bracket is basically structured in a way where as you continue to earn money, you eventually pay more money in taxes. So you go up to a 10%, you know, threshold. And then if you're, you know, at, uh, I think it's $37,500, then you move up again. And all of it is, you know, heavily dependent on if you're married or if you're filing, if you're a single filer. So say the tax bracket is, you know, you're paying 10% at, you know, 37 or $40,000, right? We'll say 10% at $40,000. Well, Um, then when it bumps up to 15%, say that's at $50,000. Well, once you start making $50,000, what it means is you pay 10% on your first $40,000 and then you'll pay, you know, 15% on that next $10,000 that gets you up to the total $50,000 that you're making. So you're not paying 15% on the entirety of your income. You're just paying that highest tax bracket on the money that would be above the, the tax bracket that you are currently at, right? So um, the idea behind this, of course, is to be able to increase the revenue that the United States government takes in so that you can eventually then, of course, increase the spending that the federal government done is, is doing as well. So a little bit of highlights around all of this. So this includes a 12.4% Social Security payroll tax on income or earned above the $400,000. The idea is that that would be split evenly between employers and employees. Um, He would increase the top individual income tax rate for taxable incomes above $400,000 from 37%, which was what it was before uh, Donald Trump cut it down, um, back up to the level of 39.6%. So we basically, he would just reverse what Donald Trump did. Donald Trump lowered the highest income tax bracket by 2.6%. And then uh, he would put taxes on long-term capital gains and qualified dividends for income over $1 million at the top federal income tax rate of 39.6%. This is probably one of the biggest things uh, that a lot of, um, you know, I think especially high income earners that you you know, use primarily investments. So right now the top capital gains income tax or the top capital gains tax rate is 15%. Um, and obviously that can, there's a bunch of different rules and things and reasons why that can change and kind of be manipulated and move around. But, um, right now, that capital gains uh, tax rate would go up significantly for people that are making over $1 million a year. So if this actually gets put in place, there are a lot of people that, you know, are, would be living on or investing in uh, a very large, a very large amount of their net worth would be in investment portfolios invested in the stock market or, you know, other, other investment markets. And he would be raising their traffic, their taxes significantly on the money that they made on their investments. Um, he also provides a lot of renewable energy tax cuts in his plan and basically a few other things that would hit high income earners. So in case you can't already tell, the uh, by the I mean vast majority of the people that are going to be hit are people that are making over $400,000 a year. Um he would also plan on raising corporate tax rates from 21% to 28%. So pre Donald Trump and his tax plan, it was at 35%, I believe. 
Um, and Donald Trump lowered it down to 21. Uh, Biden is now saying that he wants to basically kind of meet in the middle, raise that back up to 28. So it doubles the taxes on foreign subsidies of United States firms uh, from 105 to 21% as well. It offers tax credits to small businesses for adopting workplace retirement savings plans, um, establishes an advanceable 10% quote made in America tax credit for activities that restore production. So he would want to kind of push and try to give uh, tax credits to corporations that would be bringing manufacturing back to the United States. So a tax credit in some ways kind of um, kind of does what the opposite of what a tariff would do, right? So um, you would be able to kind of get that money back on your taxes if you bring manufacturing jobs back to the United States. Um, and then he would also expand the Affordable Care Act's uh, premium tax credit. So all of this, the goal of this would to bring in would be bringing in about 2.65 trillion more dollars in tax revenue by 2030. So uh, this would, for the most part, uh, be trying to increase the federal revenue by a very very significant amount, and the you know the end goal would be to raise over two and a half trillion dollars over 10 years. Um, so a couple of models that I found around this. So the economy will have a reduction in the gross domestic product of about. trillion on the better side and about $2.6 trillion on the worse side. So this gets a little bit into why Trump over and over and over again said that Biden is going to end up destroying the economy, quote unquote, right? So I think that oftentimes when we hear, okay, well, they're just going to tax the high income earners and that's not going to affect me if I make less than $400,000 a year, right? You need to tax the rich because the rich can afford it. And if you tax them, then we, you know, quote unquote, the little guys aren't going to be infected by that as much, but we're going to be able to reap the benefits of an increased federal budget. Well, it doesn't really work like that, right? Because when you are increasing the taxes taken in by the federal government and you're taking away money and money out of individuals' pockets, well, it's going to decrease the gross domestic product, right? And the gross domestic product is basically the total amounts of goods and services um, in an economy. So the idea basically is that if people have less money, they don't have as much that because they're giving it to the federal government, they don't have as much money that they can spend or that they can, you know, use to create more goods and services that would be circulated in and throughout the entirety of the economy. So anytime that you see an increase in taxes, you're normally going to see a decrease in the amount of production that is done with the economy. So um, this would lead to about a 6.5% less after-tax income for the top 1% of taxpayers and about a 1.7% decline in after-tax income for all taxpayers on average. So, you know, high-income earners are going to get hit more than low-income earners, obviously. So um, the Hoover Institute uh, estimates that, you know, this will come out to a reduction of the median household in- hold income by about $6,500 a year by 2030. So as this continues to go, you know, and is in place and, you know, we have a couple years that go by, the economy because it was, you know, it shrunk, is going to be producing less, which has an exacerbated effect over the course of the decade. So by the end of the decade, the median household income, on average, as estimated by the Hoover Institute, would actually decrease by $6,500 per year. Um, 
The only model that I was able to find that gave Biden an actual increase in GDP um, was produced by Moody's Analytics. So S&P Moody's is a, um, they, they are, you know, for, for the most part, they are, uh, Moody's Analytics is a very left-leaning uh very, very liberal economic and I think like basically an economic, you know, analyst. So they almost always are going to give much more benefit to uh, the left side of the aisle and more of the left leaning economic policy as opposed to more conservative fiscal policy. It just is kind of what they do. The Hoover Institute is a bit more conservative. So um, they had ta- Biden's tax plan increasing GDP by about $2 trillion. Um, and this is the model that Biden cited over and over and over again, basically saying like, well, you know, my, you know, economic models are predicting that I would actually increase the gross domestic product for the United States. Um, however, this was pretty much a loan report. There are very, very, very few reports that I was able to find that were able to say that this would actually increase the production of the United States. And that makes sense, right? Because people are going to have less money because more of their money is being taken in taxes. They have less money to invest in their businesses, less money to spend on goods and services, less money to invest back into the economy. Um, And as a result, you know, they, you know, the gross domestic product is not going to go up. So, um, major changes. I know that was a lot of jargon and that was a lot of kind of higher level stuff, but basically the, the huge points around the taxes are Biden wants to increase taxes in order to be able to increase the revenue of the federal government. Okay. So that gets into our second portion, which is spending. Okay. What is the government going to do? Cause if they're increasing their revenue, they're not going to pay down their debt because n- that's just not what the government does. They're obviously going to up their spending. Every dime the government takes in, they spend two dimes. That's just how the government works. (laughs) So this gets into uh, a little bit of what the, I guess, argument is behind why you would want to pay more money in taxes, okay? Because you see this is a really, really clear difference between both the left side of the aisle and the right side of the aisle on economic policy and tax, tax policy, okay? You're even seeing right now Mitch McConnell is fighting with Nancy Pelosi, has been for the entirety of the year, on what economic stimulus should look like because Mitch McConnell is much more fiscally conservative. He ascribes much more to the Milton Friedman kind of laissez-faire type of economic policy that says the government should take in less money and it should cut the amount that it spends so that the people would actually spend that money and invest that money into the economy. Whereas the left side of the aisle ascribes a bit more to Keynesian economic theory, okay? And I will explain what that is. I've mentioned it on my podcast a couple times before, but it's named after a guy, Dr. You know, Keynes, that's, he was in the early 30s. Um, but the premise of Keynesian economic theory is basically that economic output is strongly influenced by the total demand within the economy or the total spending with the economy. It doesn't necessarily matter who is doing the spending. So if the federal government is spending much more money in the economy, then the economy will actually grow because that's more money that's being injected into the economy. That's the premise of Keynesian economic theory. It's a very high-level version you can obviously go way, way deeper into this. It is being debated. It has been debated for the entirety of the 20th century. <laughs> but this economic theory got extremely popular in the 1930s, in the midst of the Great Depression, 
And you could see a lot of, you know, uh, FDR's economic policy was heavily reliant upon and ascribed to this specific economic theory. You can see that with the New Deal. You can see that with Social Security being put in place. You can see that with all the different acts that were put in place to hire on workers to the federal government because the, uh, um, the unemployment rate was so high. So the government was spending more money and injecting more money into the economy. And as a result, uh, he believed that the economy would actually grow and benefit from that. So um, it's apparently obvious that all the taxes are being raised and done, raised and, and put to certain levels for very, very purposeful reasons. Okay. Biden has a few goals uh, that would be accomplished basically by spending money at the federal level. His plan currently is calling for an additional spending of about $8 trillion on a static basis, uh, basically around infrastructure, education, the social safety net, and healthcare over the course of 10 years, okay? So he's going to raise everybody's taxes, especially on the rich, and then he's going to take that money and he's going to invest that money back into the United States. That's his goal, at least. So what are the big things that he wants to spend money on? The first is infrastructure. So he has about $2.4 trillion set aside for the course of the decade. This includes increases for traditional transportation infrastructure. So think your roads, you know, for the most part, uh, clean energy investments. That's a good bit of it as well. Research and development and innovation and made in America government purchases of American made products. So uh, the idea behind this is that he wants to invest into the actual road systems, the transportation systems, the bridges, the all the stuff that basically is the infrastructure of the United States. He wants to invest in that at the government federal government level to be able to make you know, um, you know, America basically a, a place that's more infrastructurally sound. Um, there would also be some different uh, monies for what he's calling social infrastructure. Not actually totally sure what that is, and he didn't very clearly define it. Um, this includes affordable housing. Um, and so, so other other ways are uh, affordable housing, uh, public schools, community colleges, historically black colleges and university, and rural broadband. So um, infrastructure encompasses a very very wide variety of things. But his goal would basically to would be to take a, a good bit of that money and invest it back into you know the actual buildings, the actual roads, the actual physical things that may that you know are in America. Okay. Second thing would be education. So this would be spent $1.9 trillion over the course of the decade. So this would be attending a public college or university would be tuition free for children with families of incomes of less than $125,000. So this is the whole free college thing. A lot of the Democrats have been pushing this for a very long time. The idea would basically be if you want to go to the University of South Carolina, it is a state-funded, a public school in South upper higher-level education. If your family has a household income of less than $125,000, his economic plan would basically set aside money in order to be able to pay for that college for you. Um, all student loan borrowers would benefit from a significant expansion of existing income-based repayment programs, so he would help people with student loans. Um, Biden also proposes a universal pre-K for three to four-year-olds and substantially more Title I funding to pay public school teachers more competitively. So 
He wants to expand the education system uh, to have more government-funded public education that would help people with younger children. So now uh, you can't go to school until you're you know, four, maybe five years old. He would actually expand it so that you would be able to have a pre-three, a pre-K for three and four-year-olds. So that way, people, working parents with much younger children, would be wouldn't have to pay for childcare until the children until the child is five years old. Um, and then he would also invest money at the federal level to you know give likely to give to states for them to invest more in teacher pay. Um, so the the third thing is the social safety net. So he planned on investing about 1.5 trillion over a decade with the largest outlays going to workers to receive paid family and medical leave for up to 12 weeks. So the idea would be he's going to say guarantee at the federal level um, He's going to guarantee at the federal level that if you are, you know, if you're a worker, then you are going to receive paid family and medical leave. Okay. This is the something that this is something that I think two thirds of workers in the United States don't have. Um, You can see this across Europe. A lot of different countries in Europe have a very, very similar thing as well. Um, he would invest more money in elder, to pay for elder care, allowing families more choice to provide necessary care at home or in supportive communities, uh, some supportive elderly communities like nursing homes. Um, and then he would increase social security benefits for widowers and the oldest Americans, um, and basically go to expand short-term compensation. So the federal government would start uh, putting more money into Social Security to be able to pay people more money if they are older and if they are a widower, specific or widow, or widow, or actually it doesn't say widower. So maybe just women that have had uh, husbands that have passed away. So uh, the last big thing would be around health care. This is you know Biden was famous for saying, well, he's not going to have Obamacare anymore. He's going to have Biden care. Um, investing about another $1.5 trillion in the healthcare system of the United States. The Affordable Care Act would be able to raise subsidies to increase enrollment, automatically enroll low-income individuals into premium free coverage. It would also establish a new public option, which would receive, which, you know, has received considerable attention during the Democratic primaries. The idea would be that the federal government would release out a public health care option that people would be able to choose if private insurance was too expensive. Uh, the public option would likely be very bare bones, but it would basically mean that you could go to the federal government. It would basically provide, it doesn't really provide more competition, but the Biden is saying that it will provide more competition in the marketplace because he would basically say the federal government would come in and undercut private insurers, which would cause private insurers to likely lower their rates. So um, healthcare would also increase to address the opioid crisis, especially in rural health issues as well. Um, This is something that really, really needs to be addressed. Um, But there's a huge opioid and drug crisis in the United States. He would allot money specifically to fight that. Um, so much of his plan would basically rely on government spending subsidies and credits in order to ignite that economic growth and push innovation. So the, the whole idea behind this Keynesian economic theory is that we as the federal government have the biggest budget in the entire world, right? The United States economy brings in more money and pushes out more money than any other business, any other economy in the entire world. 
So we should flex that spending power, use that money to invest into the United States. And as that money is invested into the United States, whether it's through uh, various healthcare measures, reducing costs of healthcare for people, whether it's through investing in uh, education for children, so that way our populace is better educated, whether it is through um, uh, you know, infrastructure. So people have, uh, you know, the federal government uh, is saving states money and saving people money. So they're not blowing out tires on the road or not having to spend more money to be able to update their infrastructure. The federal government would be doing it. Um, the purpose of it would basically to uh, spur on economic growth, research and development and innovation um, because of new cash that is injected into the economy. So with all of that, third point, who's going to be impacted the most. So the benefit of Biden's tax plan from the vast majority of the research that has been done will primarily be very low income individuals in the short term due to the expanding of the social safety net and healthcare. So right now in the United States, as many people know, if you are not earn a high income earner, if you're making a household income of fifty to a hundred thousand dollars a year, right? You're sitting kind of right at that median income household household income in the United States. All it takes is one big medical issue to happen, and you're fried, right? Just it just is the simple fact of the matter. Uh, either that or you're struggling to be able to pay your bills or you have too much money taken out on your house or you have too much uh, credit card debt. And, you know, the federal government is basically saying that that's not good. That's not that's not what we want. So we want to be able to primarily help out people that are making the lowest amount that are the most impoverished. So all of that will be taken care of and all of that will be the brunt of that economic boom or boom for the low income will be felt by the higher income earners of $400,000 a year or more corporations and businesses. An important note here that I feel like I have to make is that when I say large corporations, I don't just mean your Walmarts, your Amazons, your Facebooks, your gigantic companies. I also mean smaller corporations as well. There are a lot of pass-through um, businesses that will be heavily impacted by this. Um, these employ, you know, roughly about 43% of the workforce, and because of different IRS limits on the amount of money that you can take in, that's non-wage income for your business, uh, there would be a lot of these corporations and smaller businesses that would feel a pretty hefty increase in their taxes. So. Uh, I saw one statistic that said that about 72% of entrepreneurs or pass-through business owners would see a tax hike over the next decade. So that's not just, you know, your large corporations. That's, you know, pe your everyday person that is working um, and ha owns their own business. So that is the show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and for checking it out. I know that that was a ton of information all relayed at you very, very quickly. So listen through it again if you need to. I hope that it was helpful. I hope that it was beneficial to everyone. I know that I didn't give a ton of my own opinion about this, um, but that wasn't necessarily the purpose of this podcast. I mainly wanted to just give y'all the information to allow you to decide on whether or not you think it will be a beneficial tax and economic policy put in place by the Biden administration. Um, Please hit me up on all the various social medias, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, whatever it may be through my website, and let me know what you think. If you enjoy content like this, I'm more than happy to continue to do it because I enjoy it, especially on the economic side of things. I think it's fascinating and it's a ton of fun for me to be able to plan and to be able to do. So reach out to me and let you know. Let me know what you think. Give me some feedback. All of that is more than welcome. So 
With all that having been said, that's the show for today. As always, y'all remember, we're going to stay level-headed, we're going to stay reasonable, and we're going to do our best to split the difference. This is Austin Taylor.